I'm really glad you joined us online today, and I hope you're having a good day whenever you're watching. I want to start today by giving a recap of the series so far. I, I think this will help us get our bearings. The first week, we talked about marathon truths. The Bible is the source of truth about our lives, and we flourish when we line up with the truth of Scripture. Next week, uh, week two, running in reality. We, we do better if we align ourselves with reality as God sees it. The third week, the starting line. Pastor Matt talked through the marathon must of the first two decades. And then Pastor Thad talked about getting traction in week four. And he said the 20s are for training and the 30s are for building. Week five was last week. Talked about running through fire. The 40s are a time when there is a desperate need for endurance. And this week, we're talking about accelerating to the finish. The 50s and 60s and beyond are a time when you need to keep relying on God. Don't abandon the faith now. The 50s and 60s and beyond, it's very easy to think that yesterday is as good as it gets. We're, we're past our prime. The Israelites on their way to freedom from Egypt felt this way. They wanted to go back to Egypt where it was safe and they were slaves in Egypt. That was crazy talk. We should not get stuck in the past in our 50s and 60s and beyond. And it's tempting to do that for sure. Our bodies are giving out. But if we've walked with God through the years, we have much wisdom to offer. And that's what God wants us to do. When I'm asked about something I haven't done well, I have a choice. I could humbly tell the truth or not. I try to admit when I haven't done right, don't do as I say, don't do as I did, do as I say kind of thing. And strangely, that encourages people. It's amazing. There's a recurring truth that shows up in our lives. As you build your life, the foundation you laid earlier in life in earlier decades will either hold up or show cracks in the foundation. It's best to humbly admit when cracks show up and then ask God for help to rework the foundation of your life. And it helps to realize that God made life so we experience a variety of things. Here's an overview of the kind of things that we experience in the flow of life, and this isn't exhaustive, of course, but it shows up in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to date. This is reality. We won't live on earth forever. A time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, 
a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. We grieve at times and we do a happy dance at others, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from bracing. There are times when we need to keep the boundaries. A time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. If you've walked with God throughout your lifetime, you've had a variety of experiences in life and you grow in wisdom as you respond to God in the middle of all these experiences. You learn God's perspective on things. The purpose of our later years, the 50s and 60s and beyond, is to get perspective. This is when we need to seek God for in the unresolved events in our lives to get his perspective so that we can give direction to others, so that we can pass his perspective on to others. You, you've likely had some failures, and you need to sort through the lessons you've learned from your failures so that you can pass them on to others. Where was God in these failures? He was right there beside you. Here's a promise that means more to me now than ever. Isaiah 46, 3-4 Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born to me by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age I am he, and to the gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. If if you choose to walk with God, he promises to be with you and to help you. Why would you walk alone? I've seen God help my parents through their old age. Up, right up, they walked with God. And he helped them, he carried them right up through their passing on from this life. The fact is, God will help you. He will carry you. And he is faithful. The, the, another fact is, credibility is acquired through faithfulness and wisdom. Thad said something like this in, when he spoke on the twenties and thirties, but it's worth repeating. And, you, as you faithfully walk with God throughout the experience of life, your wisdom grows. It's love and faithfulness that build credibility through your years on earth. Kids trust parents. Church members trust pastors. Workers trust bosses who look out for their interests and are faithful. They do what they say. Proverbs twenty twenty eight says, 
Steadfast love and faithfulness preserve the king, and by steadfast love his throne is upheld. This passage says that there will be no mutiny on leaders who practice steadfast love and faithfulness. Trust is built through love and faithfulness. Kids will more likely obey their parents, not all the time. They won't be perfect, but they're more likely to uh, obey parents who have been have shown steadfast love and have been faithful to them. They've done what they said. Churches will follow pastors more readily, and workers won't have as hard a time following their bosses. Credibility also flows from wisdom, and wisdom breaks through when you start fearing God. When you take God seriously and respect his boundaries for living, wisdom begins to grow in you. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of God is the breakthrough point for wisdom. It's like tunneling through a mountain, and you get to the other side, and light breaks through. That's when you know you're, 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 that, that's the picture in this passage of the fact that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the breakthrough point that you experience. As we walk with God through the experiences of life, we develop wisdom for ourselves and wisdom to pass on to others. One main reason God gives wisdom is that we need to get our lessons down to pass them on to future generations. We don't want to miss the lessons that we've learned from the wisdom God has given us over the years as we walk with him. Psalm 102.18 says, Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. The way God made life to work, we learn wisdom to pass it on to the next generation. This means we need to write the lessons down that we're learning, the wisdom that we're gaining, so we don't forget it. We'll forget it. I'll forget stuff if I don't write it down. I'm going to shift now to talk about the dangers in these decades. A real danger is getting into bitterness and becoming ingrown. Hebrews uh, 12.15 says that you shouldn't allow a root of bitterness to grow up in you because it will defile you and everyone around you. This is where grumpy old men and women come from. They they can be bitter if they haven't worked through their unresolved issues. Another danger is going on vacation for the rest of your life like David did. King David committed adultery and then murder to cover his tracks. And he should have been at war 
with his army, taking care of his responsibility, but he was messing around instead. God wants to use you throughout your entire life. Don't check out now. Another danger is to dabble in folly. Ecclesiastes says that, Ecclesiastes 10.1 says that dead flies make a perfumer's ointment give off a stench like a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. It just takes a little folly to dabble in folly and you lose honor and wisdom. If you're dabbling in folly, stop. If you are thinking about it, don't do it. Don't go into folly. Final danger is to let your heart drift from kingdom work. Solomon disobeyed God by taking foreign wives, uh, which was forbidden for kings of Israel. And the wives, the, the Bible says, turned his heart away from God. He drifted away from God and his laws. Our heart is deceitful, and it can cause us to wonder Stop the drift before it starts. Refuse to allow the world at large to creep into your heart, the thinking of the world. And uh, we need to renew our minds with Scripture. And that's, that's how we deal with the world. God says a godly person's duty is to give wise counsel to the youngers. As Moses was handing the baton of leadership over to Joshua, he spoke the words of a song. We sing songs to remember the truth of Scripture. In Moses' song, there's a line that gives guidance to the older crew. Deuteronomy 32.7 Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you your elders, and they will tell you. God had done something amazing on behalf of the nation of Israel. By his grace, and Moses was singing about it in this song, by God's grace, he chose them to be his people, through whom he would reach out to the entire world. He brought them out of Egypt out of slavery in Egypt in a miraculous way. The people Moses was talking to had experienced these things. His song is a rehearsal of what God had done so it wouldn't be forgotten. We sing songs to remember. Rich Mullen, Mullins wrote this song that Jeff Moore is singing here and Mullins was trying to give a feel for what it might have been like for Jesus growing up. Let's listen to this. Was a boy like I was once. Was you a boy like me? I grew up around Indiana. You grew up around Galilee. If I really do grow up, well, I want to grow up and be just like you. 
Well, did you wrestle with a dog? Did you lick his nose? Did you play beneath the spray of a water hose? Did you ever make angels in the winter snow? And did they tell you stories about the saints of old? Stories about their faith. They say stories like that make a boy grow bold. Stories like that make a man walk straight. Stories about faith make us bold. And they also make us walk straight. They are very instructive. This is why Moses is is telling the younger folks who are more removed from what God did to ask the elders who could tell them the stories of God's work in their life. Stories of faith are extremely powerful. If we live by faith, we we will feel and taste the goodness of God and develop our own testimonies of stories that we have to tell ourselves. As God builds a story of faithfulness in your life, your duty is to tell the next generation about what God has done. The next passage was when God's people were in a spiritual desert due to their rebellion. Joel 1, 2, and 3. Hear this, you elders. Give ear. All inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation. The older crew in this passage had been unfaithful to God. The Lord was calling them back to himself and to their role in Israel through the prophet Joel. This is what he was doing. He was wooing them back to himself. These elders had walked away from God. And I I haven't done that, but I have blown it. In fact, there are some times when I cringe to think about what I've done. And it still feels like a sword piercing my heart at times. And at that point, I need to rest in the grace of God. I have some cringe moments that I'd like to take back, but of course I can't. And I need to deal with them before God and move on. If I don't, I get stuck in the swamp, and that's not good. One of these moments was a fit of frustration and impatience with my dad when we were caring for our parents in uh, their old age. Uh, they, we had, they had moved into our house with them. My dad lived with us for three and a half years, and my mom lived with us for a total of five years. And I, I really regret my fit of frustration and impatience. I, and as I think about it, I tend to think I should have known better. And I had an argument with my dad, and I won it. And I, I tend to think, who couldn't win an argument 
with a 90-year-old man. That's, that's not good. I repented, asked my dad's forgiveness, and he gave it. But the enemy still brings it up and tries to help, you know, make me wallow in guilt over it. I have to fight the regret that is supercharged by the enemy or it eats me for lunch. I fight it by applying the grace of God to my sin. Lord, I accept what you've done for me on the cross and I don't have to pay for my sin any longer. I don't need to beat myself up because I've sinned. I also apply the truth of God's word to the situation, to the memory, really. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus is the breastplate of righteousness for us. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I've concluded that I should have known better is a statement of arrogance. Uh, it's, it's twisted arrogance, really. I, I didn't know and do better. I'm a flawed human being like everyone else. I'm no better than anyone else. This brings me to an important point. Humility is required to effectively tell the next generation about the faithfulness of God in your life. If we mix a little pride into our stories, we get glorified and God doesn't. It's important to be humble as we tell the stories. And I find that I face a choice when I've, when I'm asked how I approach something, uh, parenting, finances, ministry, career. I can fake it and act like I did it perfectly or be real, which encourages people tremendously. When you're honest, that's when people get encouraged. If older folks give younger folks the impression that they did it perfectly, we dishearten the younger folks. So when asked, be honest about the wrong choices you made and share how you'd do it differently, honestly. We should tell the story of God's work and faithfulness in our lives as grace-filled events, because that's what they are. It's the grace of God that helped you choose well, and it's the grace of God that forgives and patiently teaches you wisdom when we choose wrong. He, he shows you the way to speak this way has power and honor to it that you don't find often when you're honest and you you speak about how God has poured out his grace on you throughout your lifetime. Don't get bogged down in the later years 
uh, of life by the cares and worries of this life. Pick up speed and pour into the next generation. That's what pleases God. You'd, you'd like to put the metal, uh, the, <laughs> sorry, you'd like to put the pedal to the metal and accelerate to the finish, but your body isn't cooperating with you. Here, here's a, a recap going uh, of the 50s and 60s and 70s and beyond uh, from Mitch, a character in City Slickers. Let's, let's watch this together. 50s, you have a minor surgery. You'll call it a procedure, but it's a surgery. 60s, you'll have a major surgery. The music is still loud, but it doesn't matter because you can't hear it anyway. The 70s, you and the wife retired to Fort Lauderdale, started eating dinner at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You have lunch around 10, breakfast the night before. Spend most of your time wandering around malls looking for the ultimate soft yogurt and muttering, how come the kids don't call? How come the kids don't call? The fact is, these decades are not about physical strength. They're about investing the wisdom you've gained throughout your lifetime in the next generation, in younger generations. And I want to stop now and and give you some time to think through some next steps after hearing this message. And I'm going to have some suggested next steps. You may have others that have come to mind throughout the message. But here are my suggestions. First, apply God's grace to your regrets. You may have cringe moments, and and you want to apply the grace of God to those cringe moments. And another step, in gratitude, shift your perspective on old age. It's a good thing. It can be the prime time of your life if you shift to pouring into the next generation. And then third, invest in the future generation, the one that's right here with us right now, and then they can invest in the next. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for your kindness and goodness to me. I pray, God, that you would be honored and pleased as we live our lives for you. I pray that you'd give us the strength to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.